Good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning into Mimi's message. I hope that you're having a great day so far and a great productive week so far. So today I'm sharing a prophetic word that the Lord gave to me in a dream on um, February 9th, the night of February 9th. Um, I had a dream and when I woke up on February 10th, uh, I remembered the dream that the Lord gave me. And so today the podcast is about sharing the prophetic message that the Lord has for his people. We all know that um, the Lord makes himself known in visions to prophets and he um, He communicates with us. You know, you, you don't have to be a prophet for the Lord to speak to you in dreams, uh, but he speaks to prophets in dreams. He uh, lets his, um, he reveals things to us in dreams and so he's giving me part of what he wanted me to share and so as we we all know we prophesy in parts and we know in parts so these are the messages that the lord gave me and i hope that it um gives you some you know edification maybe a redirection and a correction because god um he chastised those that he loves right and he corrects those that he loves and also he encourages he edifies he he has appointed you know um his five-foot ministry to edify the body of christ and to help and to shape the body of christ into what he is expecting all of us to be like and even this word has encouraged me myself so i hope that you know you feel encouraged uh, I'm sorry if my, my voice is a little cracked. I just came out of a worship session with the Lord. Uh, and I literally have been like um, very in the spirit. So um, I hope that you feel edified with this message. So um, I'm going to go ahead and share it. Uh, so on February 9th, uh, when I had a dream, what I dreamt was I saw myself um, with my Bible and what I saw was that I um, I was asked to read a, a verse from the Bible. And I was asked to read um, these verses from the Bible. And so, um, from James specifically, I was asked to read it on a pulpit. And um, when I got when I got there, I. Um, I took the Bible and I was flipping it to find where it was. And I knew that it was, you know, at the back of the Bible. So I was looking for it. And um, in the dream, I was told to read James 5.1. And also, um, I felt in my spirit, James 1.5 as well. Uh, and then as I was flipping the pages to find James, I asked there was someone with me and I asked what what is um there was somebody behind me and I asked you know uh what is the bible verse again you know I asked them what is the bible verse and somebody also said James 5 7 and so I had James 5 1 and James 5 7 that was spoken to me to read and then internally I felt internally James 5 I mean James 1 5 in my spirit I felt James 1 5 and I heard in the dream you know read James 5 1 and James 5 7 
and you know I was asked to step on the pulpit and in front of a crowd of people I was asked to read this two Bible verses and so I hope that these Bible verses that the Lord gave me to read will give you um, a reassurance and also it will it will direct you and motivate you to be better and to strive for more of God and even to cause you to be um, strong in the season that he has you in. So before I share it, I'm just going to pray. Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you for choosing me to be your mouthpiece. I thank you, Father, for, for revealing yourself, Adonai, in my dream room. I thank you, God, for the message that you want to share through me. I am your mouthpiece, God. I humble myself before you, and I ask you to speak. I, sa- I saturate my lips with the blood of Jesus, and I surrender my lips to you, God. I will be your mouthpiece, Father, and I will speak on your behalf as you choose for me to say. I pray right now, Lord, let this word that you've given me fall in good soil. Let it be a word that will penetrate and pierce everything that needs to be pierced. Your word, God, is sharper than any two-edged sword. So I pray that this word that you've given me, James 5.1, James James 5.7, and James 1.5. One five, God, I pray, let it pierce everything that is not like you. Let it dismantle everything that is not like you. Let it break down the walls that the enemy has set up. Let your fire, God, consume every weapon of the enemy. Let it be pulled down in the name of Jesus. Let your word triumph over every word that is in this earth, over every word that has been released against your word god i pray the lord let this word be a word that will cause everything and exalt itself against your knowledge to be pulled down and made subject to the obedience of jesus christ i pray father for your kingdom to come in your will to be done let the atmosphere of the lord be shifted in the room as this word goes forth let the spirit of the lord rush in let the spirit of the lord rush in let the spirit of the lord come in the room let it shake let it shift the atmosphere let it shift the the, the, the season that my sister and my brothers are in god i pray let this word be a planting let it be a foundation god that your people can step on father and change your minds and change your heart and change your atmosphere ha you're the one god that is and is to come you are the great i am you are the El Shaddai. There is nothing that can compare to your great your greatness, Father. We exalt you above everything. Your word, Father, lives forever. Your word has power and has might and has grace. God, your word has power to shift and to move and to do the work. To do the work, God, that only you can do. So, God, I saw you release this word. 
I pray for a change in the atmosphere. I pray for a change in the nations. God, I pray for a change in your people. In your kids, in your children, Father. I pray for a change in the land. I pray, God, for a change in the realm of the Spirit, Father. That you will send forth your angels, release them to the realm of the spirit, God, to the nations, to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south, Father, to do a work that only you know how to do. So, God, I pray, Lord, you will charge, charge your spirit, God, charge your fire, charge your wind. Charge your, your atmosphere, God, to be sent forth. We want heaven to touch earth tonight, God. We want the presence of the Lord in the room. We want the presence of the Lord in the in the land. We want the presence of the Lord in the world. God, we want you to move like you've never moved before. We want you to shake. We want you to shift. We want you, God. We want nothing else but you alone. We want your word in the land. We want your word in the in us we want your word god in our lives we want your word in our political system we want your word in the mountains in the five mountains we want your word in the marketplace we want your word in the family we want your word god in the political system we want your word in the government father we want your word in the church we want your word elohim we want your word we want your word to move we want to obey your word and live by your word your word has power god your word can shift your word can move mountains your word father still stands it still stands god is still stands your word still stands your word still stands the fl- the flowers were withered the earth will pass away ah now my sorry but your word will stand forever god your word will stand forever your word has power and we want your power in us god we want your power in this land in this earth, God, we cannot move. We cannot do anything without your power. We cannot do anything without your word. Write your word upon our lips. Write your word upon our hearts. Oh, God. Write your word upon our, our land. Write your word upon us, God. Write your word over us, Father over us we are nothing without your word we are nothing without your word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God help us to continue to have your word from Genesis God your word is still powerful even now to revelations your word God Help us to plant your word in us. Not to deprive your word. Not to look at your word in any way but to look at it as divine, as the right word, as truth. Help us, God, to be doers of your word. And not just hearers only. Help us to implement your word in our lives, God. Help us. 
Father, help us. Help us to place your word back in the schools. I decree and declare right now that, Lord, your word will be placed back in the schools. Our children will pray to you every morning. Our government, God, will start meetings. God, they will start meetings by praying to you first, Adonai. Not only do we pray in church, but God, our governments in the nations will come together and pray before they do anything. Before they seek any documents, before they do any legal things, first they will give honor to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Great I Am and the God of Gods. They will first give you glory. They will worship you, God, and seek you for direction. That even in the marketplace, God, they will come together and pray before they open the stores and the shops. That even the, the principals, God, in the school system, Father, will come together and pray with the teachers and the students before anything goes forth. We need your word, God, we need your word. Your word is so powerful. It can heal. It can deliver. It can set free. It can give wisdom, direction, understanding, clarity, love, peace, joy, contentment, forbearance, grace, mercy. Your word. Your word is powerful. Help us come back to your word. Help us come back to your word and seek your word above any word, above anything, God. Help us. Forgive us for pushing your word out of the places that needs to be at. Forgive us for killing the spirit, for pushing the spirit out. Forgive us, God, for halting. For pushing the spirit of the Lord out. For killing the atmosphere of the Lord. That you wanted to move in the room. The Father, we shut it down. We shut it down. We did not go along with what you wanted to do. And in doing that, God, we killed your purpose. We killed what you wanted to do. We removed the word out of the places that it's supposed to be. And in doing that, God, we pushed you out. We silenced what needed most. And we repent, God. We repent for pushing your word out, for pushing the Spirit of the Lord out. We repent. We repent, God, when you wanted to move in the room. Instead, we shut the door and we did our own things. When you wanted to move in the church, God, many times when we were together as a congregation in the church and your spirit came in the room. 
your spirit came in the room and we pushed you out and we said no we have our own agenda oh we're sorry God the church cries out to you and say sorry the people say sorry No longer are we going to kill your spirit. No longer are we going to push your spirit out. No longer are we going to shut it down. No. We are going to continue to allow your spirit to move in the room. And do the work that needs to be done. When we shut the door to your spirit, God, we are killing it. We are pushing it away. We are killing the agenda. We are, we are removing the agenda that you want to happen in the room. We are come we are putting it to end. We don't want to be. Oh god. We don't want to be those people that Jesus came to, but because of their unbelief, Jesus went to another city, another town to perform miracles. We don't want to miss out, Father. We don't want to miss out. So help us to keep your word in the places that are sacred to us. To keep your word in our families, in our schools, in the marketplace, in the political system, in our jobs, in the musical art industry, God, to elevate you above all in the church. Help us. Help us, God. Help us to crave your word again. To desire your word above everything. The bread, the bread of life, the truth is your word, the sword. We can't fight the enemy without our sword, which is your word. We can't fight the enemy because our weapon has been laid down. But God, you want to speak to your people. You could have given me this in any form, but you open your word. So God, speak through me and speak through your 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 teachers and your pastors and your apostles and your prophets and your evangelists at this time that you are raising up in the nations, God. Speak through them. Let your power fall upon them. Let your consuming fire, God, consume your vessels. Wake them at night, God, with the word ready in their mouths for the nations. Purify your lips. Purify their minds with your fire. You are the God that answers by fire. So, Father, purify, cleanse. Renew, restore, revive, reconstruct your fivefold ministry, God, to be a team, a union, together as one. We are one body with different members. Help us to be okay, being in the different roles. One cannot be the whole body. It's not possible, which is what you've given us 
some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some pastors, some evangelists. Help us to be bold and courageous like Joshua. As you said in Joshua 1.9, to go forth and do the work. There's so much in front of us that we have to do. And we cannot keep fighting with each other. We cannot keep being in competition. But the Lord says be in unity. Be in unity with each other. Prophets work with apostles. Teachers work with pastors. Pastors work with prophets. Evangelists work with teachers. Work together. Work together. The Lord sees unity. He doesn't see one individual. He sees unity. He sees unity. So unite as one. Unite as one. For the Lord is coming. Like a thief in the night, he's coming. No one knows when he's coming. But we know that he's coming. And when he comes, we have to be ready. Ready for our prince. Ready for Jesus. Ready for God. Adonai. Ready for Emmanuel. Ready for Jehovah, our Lord. Who is mighty than any Lord. Who is mighty than any God. Who is mighty than anything. We have to be ready for him. His eyes go too. He he looks, he sees all. He sees all. So if you need to repent, repent. The Lord loves you. And he wants to embrace you. So Father, I pray that as I share what you have, the wisdom will fall upon your children. The repentance will fall upon your children. The grace will fall upon your children. Revelation, yes, God, will fall upon your children. Understanding. Your word says, God, get wisdom, but in all thy getting, get understanding. Let understanding be the portion of your children, God. So I plead the blood of Jesus over this time. And I decrease myself so you will increase, God. And I thank you, Father. And I bless your holy name. It's in the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen.
So this is the message. Um, James 5, 1. This is the message. It says, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. And then I believe this is a message to those that are rich at this time. It's not every rich person, but it's those that have allowed their riches to control them and have allowed their riches to basically uh, cause them to manipulate people to even gain more riches. Those that have seen their riches as more worthy, as more important. Um, Even those that are rich but have uh, wrong motives um the lord is speaking to those you know there are rich people who are very loving and giving um they give to the poor they they see those that are uh, sick they're very loving and kind and give to you know people but that but but the lord is not talking about those he's talking about the rich people who are basically um looking at their wealth as though it's um it's more it's better than the lord you're looking at their wealth as as more trustworthy than looking at the lord they trust in their riches than they trust in the lord they are blinded by what they possess and so the lord is saying come now you rich weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you so this is a warning for from the lord that you know before god does something he always try and warn his people for correction so that they're able to see their issues and correct them that's why god always sends prophets you know to people to to basically help them change and give them a opportunity to do better before he brings his judgment. And so in this time, in this season that we find ourselves in, many people, you know, have lost a lot of things. But there are some people who still have possessions, who still have a place to live, who still have a place to lay their head, who still have businesses going great. But they neglect to extend a hand instead they pile up their riches and admire it and forget about the poor forget about the widow forget about those that need help the lord is saying he sees all and he's saying the miseries that he has is coming against those that have put their treasures above anything else it says in Matthew nineteen twenty-three to twenty-four. Let's look at it. It says here. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples. Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And this is very true. Whenever you look at your riches as above anything else, it's hard for you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It says, again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of God. A lot of people don't understand what it means about the eye of a needle. I'm going to explain that. You know, when... Before I explain that, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is saying, remember when when, um, the man came to Jesus and said, how can I enter into the kingdom of heaven, into the kingdom of God? 
And Jesus said, sell everything, right? Sell everything and follow me. But he couldn't do that because his eyes was on the wrong thing. He was looking at the wrong thing. But the true treasure, the true riches is the Lord, is Jesus. He's the true rich, riches. He has mansions in heaven. When you have the Lord, you have everything. And so the Lord is speaking to those that are like the man in Matthew. That, that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 19, 23 to 24. In Matthew 19. The rich and the kingdom of God. Matthew 19, 16 to, 20, to 30. What does it say? Let's read it. It says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Basically, to have eternal life, you have to enter into the kingdom of God, right? When you die, when you die, there's a, you have, your, your, your spirit leaves and goes to heaven. If you're saved, then you live according to the word of God. But if you're a sinner and you don't repent, then your spirit, God is going to determine where your spirit goes, to hell or to heaven. So 17, he says, And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? I'm reading from the King James Version. There is none good but one. That is God. And it's so true. It's so true. God is the only good. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. There's none that is good like the Lord. No one can compare to him. So let's continue. It says, Matthew 19. says, so he, so he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And the Lord is saying, What do you still lack? And you might be asking the Lord, What do you still lack? And many people have said, oh, you know, they keep the commandments. But they don't realize that they are making their money as an idol. And they're using it for ungodly purpose and ungodly motives. And it says here, 21, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect go sell what you have and give to the poor and you and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me 
And that's what the Lord is saying right now to many of you. It might not be completely to some of you, but it might be for some. Some that if this is resonating in your heart, the Lord is speaking to you. There are many people who treasure riches above the Lord. There are many people who treasure land, who treasure houses, who treasure the stock market, who treasure things above the Lord. The Lord and Jesus told the man, go and sell everything you have. He says, go and sell what you have and give to the poor. Give to the poor, the Lord is saying. This is a season where many people are poor at this time because of what is happening. Because of the coronavirus, some people have been laid off. But many people look at the poor and they turn your head. And they say to themselves, this is not my issue. We are all under what has happened in COVID-19. Everyone has been affected in some way. This is not the time to be stingy with your hand. This is a time to extend your hand to the poor. Give to those that don't have. Because you never know, just giving somebody $20 out of your pocket can feed the person for two days or three days, even for a week, because you were kind. So if you know that in this hour, you have not been given to the poor, this is the Lord telling you, give to the poor. I heard a woman who uh, put money on people's um, uh, review mirror of their car. And I kid you not, two days before I saw it on the news, I dreamt that there was, I saw cars with money on the windshield. And when I woke up, I was like, oh my goodness, I saw money on, you know, in cars, people's cars. And I was like, wow, God is going to bless people with money in their car. And then I, I, I saw on the news, a woman basically went into a market um, a parking lot marketplace and put money in the windshield of people's car and that is the rich giving to people that is an example of giving to the poor ask the Lord what he wants you to do when you sell and give what he, who he wants you to give to and how and how much so 22 says, but when the young man heard that, that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Oh my God. He was looking at all he had. And he was saying he cannot give it up to follow Jesus. But he did not know that Jesus was much more expensive than, the, than what he had. He didn't know that Jesus was worth more than what he had. He had Jesus in front of him. Do you know how many people would love to see Jesus in front of them? And Jesus tell them, sell everything you have and follow me. In this hour, in this season, in this time. Many people will, would love to be in that man's position. 
But he was so blinded by what he had that he forgot what was in front of him. Don't be blinded by what you possess. Because within a day, within a second, it could all go. But it but the kingdom of God is eternal. And this man was sorrowful because he had so much that he could give away. And it's all about the matter of the heart. I don't think that he had a given spirit because if he really did, he would be so willing to give. And so I just pray that if you're somebody that this this is ministering to, I pray that the Lord will give you a given spirit. And I would even say that say that the man was had a had a soul tie, you know, he had a a a uh, a bondage to what he had. He had a he had a, a soul tie to to what he possessed. He was bound to it. If you can't give it away, then it has you. You don't have it. And so what did it say? It says 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Surely I say to you that in that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And you see it here. It is. He was looking at everything that he had and he's like he cannot give it away. Whatever you cannot give it away to follow Jesus is not worth it. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When he, his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be, can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And at that time, the man needed to ask God, ask Jesus, help me be able to sell and give to the poor. Now reminds me of the man that came with his son to Jesus to heal his son, to deliver his son from that mute and, and dumb spirit, that impure spirit that was in his son that the disciples could not drive out. What did, what did the man say? I believe, but help my unbelief. And I believe that this man, this rich man, had to come to himself with humility and say, Yes, I am obeying the commandments since my youth, but help me to give, to sell and give. He needed to come to his, his moment of saying, Help my own belief. He needed to come to that portion of saying, Help me. To give away what I have. To follow you. And I believe that if he did. He would have been able to follow Jesus. Because it says here 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them. With men this is impossible. With men he. By himself he could not go and sell. What he had to follow Jesus. He could not go and give to the poor. In his own might. In his own will. He could not extend what he had to the poor he could not give all that money to the poor he could not give all that possession to the poor he could not 
But with the Spirit of the Lord, He will be able to do it. If only He allowed Jesus to help Him, because it says here that what? But with God, all things are possible. But with God, all things are possible. But with God, all things are possible. So ask the Lord, what is impossible for you to do that he can help you do it? What is the impossibility that he needs to help you do? Because you cannot do it on your own. So I'm going to explain to you Before I explain to you what the eye of a needle means, I want to continue to read. It says, Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what, what shall we have? So Jesus said to him, to them, As surely I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who followed me will also sit on Twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. You who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the, the twelve tribe, tribes of Israel. Now, isn't that more riches than what you will give up? And everyone who left houses, everyone who left houses or brothers, or sisters, or fathers, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Do you see? Shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. The man asked, how can I inherit eternal life? And he forfeited that for what he could see with his eyes. He forfeited it for being able to sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. He, get, he, he forfeited it for being able to receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Not only was he going to inherit eternal life, but he was going to also be able to judge the 12 tribes of, of Israel. And also receive a hundredfold. It says, But many who are first will be last, and the last first. My God. My God. I'm going to explain to you what the, the eye of the needle means. Alright, I'm going to explain to you what the eye of the needle means. It says, Jesus said in uh, Matthew 19 23 to 24, says, Jesus said to his disciples, most, most assuredly I say to you, a rich man will enter in a rich man will enter into the kingdom of heaven with difficulty. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye 
than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And what this means is that in that time, in that season, you know that Jesus always pre preached in parables, right? Parables that were relevant to that time uh, so that people could understand. And so what the camel did in that time is that they go through. Um, so in Jerusalem, okay, so, so um, the, eye of, the eye of the needle is a very small gate, okay? In Jerusalem, it's a very small gate that goes into Jerusalem. Okay, that people there knew about. And what be, before the camel goes through that gate, because at that time they had camels that they carried their stuff on, right? They had camels that they, they, they rode on to, to move from a place to a place. And a lot of people who had, you know, items, who had things, possessions, had, you know, camels with a lot of things on them. So the needle's eye is a very small gate that goes into Jerusalem. And camels can only go through that gate if they unload all the stuff and crawl through it by themselves. And so what it means is that narrow is the gate, but narrow is the gate to heaven, but wide is the gate to hell, right? And that's the symbolism that Jesus was using here, that for the man, he was basically symbolizing the man as a camel. That for him to be able to move through the narrow gate to heaven, to eternal life, he has to unload all the possessions that he has and give it away. You can't move to an, an, a new season with old things and with, with things that could suffocate your, your vision and, so, and suffocate your purpose and suffocate what God is trying to birth out of you. I don't know who that one is for, but I didn't, I'm just saying that one to, to, to speak to somebody. But Jesus was saying to him, you have all these possessions. You have to unload it. Just as the camel have to go through the eye of the needle, which is a small gate, a small, very, very small gate. Only the camel could enter it. Nothing else can come with the camel. Only the camel. And out, we all know that when we go to heaven... When we die, our possessions are not going to come with us. Your house is not going to come with you. Your body is not coming with you. Your mind, your, 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 your family is not coming with you. Your money is not coming with you. Your riches is not coming with you. That's why Jesus said, whoever leaves, whoever leaves, mothers and fathers and possessions and sisters to follow me they were what they will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life not just that but they were what they will sit on the twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel so the man had to release all the loads on the camel and let the camel crawl. Basically, he had to release all the things that is causing him not to be able to enter into the narrow gate, which is the, the, uh, the eye of the needle, so that he can cross over in the spirit. Because, you know, we have to be baptized in the spirit, right? We have to be baptized. 
baptism is not physical it's the spirit it's in the spirit everything that happens with the lord it happens in the spirit first and this man had to do things first he had to agree in the spirit that yes he's going to do this and the spirit of the lord will help him because it says it's what jesus said is it's you know with men this is impossible you cannot you cannot do this by yourself but with god all things are possible if only he did not allow sorrow to come upon him and walk away because it says that what he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions if only he did not allow the spirit of sorrow to come upon him or even even the feeling of sorrow to be upon him and say lord help me to be able to give and 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 sell and give to the poor so i can be able to follow you so i can be able to crawl through the eye of the needle to basically to crawl through the, the narrow gate because for for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle they have to crawl through the narrow gate into Jerusalem and we all know there's going to be a new earth that the Lord is going to create after this earth passes by right And so I hope that if this message is for you, I hope that you feel uh conviction and that you are going to not be like the man in Matthew 19, but actually be somebody who can say to the Lord, "Help me be a giver. Help me to sell. Help me to have the right motives. Help me not to look at my 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 possessions as more worthy than you because the man could not inherit eternal life because he was looking at mammon basically um money is the god of mammon he was worshiping the god of mammon which is money don't let your money your possessions cause you to be sorrowful and neglect following the lord instead of following the lord you feel sorrowful and you say oh no you can't you cannot follow follow the lord don't let the, your possessions cause you to miss out on eternal life so this is the first message and i want you to just if you need to repent repent and start asking the lord to give you a spirit of giving a spirit of humility a spirit of of love for the poor of who he's he's he wants you to help ask him who do you want me to help how can i help how can i enter the kingdom of god he says in the word if you given to the poor you've given to me if you fed if you fed the poor you fed me if you gave money food to whoever was in need you gave to me how can you be a good samaritan basically 
How can you be the hands and feet of Jesus with what you have? So I hope that this um, James 5.1 ministered to you. Now I want us to look at James 5.7. So when you sell your stuff, you know, this is not for you to sell everything. God will instruct you what to give away and what to keep. Sometimes I'll go through, you know, um, my place and I'll ask the Lord, you know, in every season, you should be giving something away. You should be removing something from your, your house, you know. I'll ask the Lord, do you want me to keep this or, or remove this or give this away? You know, just as seasons change and we go through our closet and we, we remove things, you know, and we take, you know, certain clothes that we don't wear anymore, we give it away or we donate it. So are the things in your life, your possessions. You want to ask the Lord what to give away and what to receive and, and basically what, what to what to keep. And the same goes with baptism. When we when we get baptized, we are giving something away. We're giving our old life away to receive our new life. And it all happens in the spirit. Though things are happening in the natural because we are going under the water, but there's something happening. There's a pruning happening. There's a cleansing happening. The old has passed away. Behold, the new is now. It says in Luke 3, 21. I was trying to find where baptism was. As I was talking about baptism, that Jesus was baptized. Um, and then the Holy Spirit led me to Luke 3, 21. Jesus, uh, it says, John baptizes Jesus. So Luke 3, 21. It says, when all the people were baptized... It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. And God want to say to you, You are his beloved son or daughter. In, in you He's well pleased. Don't don't you want to hear God say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." So ask the Lord how you can not be like the man in Matthew 19, the rich man in in Matthew 19. Jesus said to the disciples, with, with man it's impossible, impossible, but with God all things are possible. So now I want to talk about, this is, uh, Matt, uh, I want to talk about James 5, 7. And this is the to people that the Lord want to encourage at this time. Let me open to James 5. Alright, it says James 5, 7. It says, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit. Of the law of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. All right, so the Lord wants the person that um, James five one ministers to 
The Lord wants you to read James 5, 2 to James 5, 6. Uh, read, read, that, read that portion of the word of God and let that part meditate to you. Basically, God, it, it, it's saying what the rich has done wrong. And I'm going to just read a few of them. Uh, before I move on to James 5, 7, I want to just read a few of them. It says, Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your, your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the the Lord of Sabaoth. Wow! It says, "Indeed, the wages of the laborers you mowed, who mowed your field, which you kept back by fraud, cry out." And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. And the Lord of Sabaoth means the Lord of Hosts. And we see that in 1 Samuel 1.3. So those that have been crying out to the Lord because they were under fraud by those that are rich. God has heard their cries. And it says 5. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter you have condemned you have murdered the just he does not resist you so let this minister to you and whatever you've done i pray that you would see this as god wanted you to repent and ask for forgiveness and do the right thing if you need to seek the person out and give what is due to them do it so now let's go to um, James 5, 7. It says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. So what God is saying here is he wants to edify you. You know, the person that was behind me that said James 5, 7, wants to edify you and i believe that was the holy spirit letting me know that also the lord wants to edify his people those that have are losing patience he says be patient be patient in this in this time until the coming of the lord there's a lot that we have to go through you know if you look in revelations there's a lot so i pray for a garment of i pray for a fruit of patience I pray that God will bless you with the fruit of patience. If you're somebody that's lacking patience right now, I pray that the Holy Spirit will, will give you a fruit of patience, that, that the fruit of patience will start to move in you. And it says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. You know, when you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't just sprout out overnight. It takes time. It has to wait for some, you know, um, for some sunlight okay some photosynthesis it has to wait for rain it has to go through a lot of process for it to become a fruit and the farmer has to be patient and wait for it to ripe the farmer even sees it but it's not ripe yet it's not yet to be 
to be taken out of the tree. So God wants you to be patient in whatever circumstance that you're in. You see, you see it happening, but it's not ready yet. Wait patiently for it to happen. He says, waiting patiently for it until it, it receives the early and latter rain, right? So wait for the Lord. Be patient in the coming of the Lord. Be patient in every circumstance, in every season that he has you in. Ride, ride it with patience. Jesus slept in the boat when there was a storm. Because he, he knew in his heart that God was with him. He was patient in, in everything. Jesus was patient in everything. He patiently waited for the disciples to believe in him. His first miracle, the disciples who did not believe in him until after he performed the miracle where he turned, um, you know, water into wine. And even still, there were times when he was like, where is your faith? You know, he said, you faithless generation. Even then, he still continuously taught them. He still continuously you know, minister to them in parables. He still continuously performed miracles in front of them to help them increase their faith. And even before he left, he told the disciples, patiently wait for the Holy Spirit in the upper room. They waited for the Holy Spirit. So I pray that God will give you patience. Jesus was patient in going through all that he went through. He could have easily called legions of angels to come when he was in the garden to slay all of them all the the um, the armies that came to take him but he didn't do that he was patient because he knew that was his mission to come and die for you and i so we can have eternal life so he knows how to walk in patience he patiently went away to pray to the lord So I pray that God will give you patience in whatever circumstance that you need patience in. And then in the last, um, so patience is one of the fruit of the spirit. So, you know, in this time, I, I pray that you will take time to study the Bible. Uh, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of um, Bible verses on patience. There's a lot of Bible verses that you can that you can look at concerning patience. You can look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient, right? Love is kind. You can look at Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You can look at Ephesians uh, 4, 2. You can look at Ecclesiastes 7, 9. You can look at Gal- Galatians 6, 9. You can look at 1 Samuel 13, 8 to 14. You can look at uh, Psalm, Psalms 37, 7 to 9. You can look at 2 Thessalonians 1, 4 to, 4 to 5. And you, you can even look at the story of Hannah. You know, Hannah in waiting for, waiting to birth her child. 
She prayed for so long. Right? She prayed for so long. And finally, God blessed her with Samuel. She prayed for so long. Are you patient in waiting for what God has for you? And are you patient in going through the seasons in life so that you can finally, finally be able to endure to the coming of Christ? Endure till the coming of Christ. So now I want us to look at Galatians 5.1. It says, I mean, yeah, Galatians, uh, we already looked at Galatians 5.1, but I want us to look at Galatians uh, 1.5. As I was um, reading, as I was about to read the Bible verse to the, con- to the congregation in my dream, um, when I heard Galatians, you know, read Galatians 5.1, and also the person behind me said, read Galatians 5.7. Um, the, the, the Holy Spirit behind me said, read Galatians 5.7. And also, um, I felt internally within me, read Galatians 1.5. So there's three Bible verses that was, hap- that was being given to me in the moment. And we all know that, you know, uh, the Lord can speak to us audibly, you know, in visions, in, um, in, 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 a, in, in a knowing so in knowing is when you you have a sense in your spirit, you just know, and that's that comes from um, also being able to be in tune with the Lord. And so in that time, God was giving me a lot of different Bible verses, and it all makes sense. It all merged together, and I believe that this is what um, basically ties it all together. Is Galatians one five? It says, "If any of you lacks wisdom." Let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, it, and it will be given to him. So concerning, uh, concerning James 5.1 and James 5.7, the Lord says, Ask for wisdom from him, and he will help you know how to better your life with this message. So if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God want to give you wisdom in how to do what he calls you to do, and how to implement what you need to implement in your life. So ask for wisdom. Don't sit there and wonder or try to do it on your own with men it's impossible but with god all things are possible so i hope that this was edifying to you and it gave you some correction and even convicted you so that you know the better that you need to do so i hope that you were blessed tonight may god be with you may god shine his face on you may the light of the lord Move through every dark place and expose it to you so that you can see it and change what you you can change. And if you can't, I pray that you will go to the Lord just as the man went to the Lord and said, Lord, help. I believe, but help my unbelief.
So whatever it is, if it's hard for you to give to the poor, say, Lord, I want to give, but help me give more. If it's patience that you don't have, say, Lord, I have patience, but help me gain more patience. So I just pray that this bless you and know that God is with you, that indeed he wants to give you wisdom. He went and asked Solomon, ask me anything, and Solomon asked for wisdom. So God wants you to come and ask him for wisdom. This is a season where we all need to ask God for wisdom in everything that we have to do. And he will give you wisdom. So you have a blessed night. And please read Galatians 5, 1 to 7. And also Galatians 1, 5. And before I go, I want to leave you with this. It says Galatians 5, 8. It says, you also be patient. Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not gamble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endured. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end of intended, the end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But, ab but above all, my burden, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. But let your yes be yes, and let your no, and, and your no, no, your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. And I want to leave uh, you with this as well. Do not boast about tomorrow, says uh, James. 4 13 come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city spend a year there buy and sell and make a profit whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your your life it is even a vapor that appears for a, a little time and then vanishes away instead you you out to say if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So I pray that God will, will give you revelation of what has been shared today. And that whatever you, can, you cannot grasp, that you seek the Lord for clarification and for understanding. And for revelation and what more he wants to share with you i hope that you have a blessed night thank you so much for tuning in and if you uh want to share this you can definitely share this with somebody else but i hope that you got something out of this that ministered to your heart into your life as well into your walk with the lord love you all and god and god loves you even the more um i hope you have a blessed night it's so funny, after I ministered this um, prophetic word, God led me to James 5, 19. And it says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So I hope that you hear this and let it minister to your heart. 
and that you will turn away from what is not the Lord, from what is not truth, and you will walk back to the truth of the Word of God and be doers of the Word, not just hearers only. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for your Word that is so pure and true, your Word that has power, your Word that has resolution, your Word that has revelation. We thank you, Elohim, for giving us wisdom at this hour. And I pray for my sisters and my brothers that are listening, their hearts, that they have a heart that is open to receive. And I even pray for their heart, those that have a stony heart and those that have a clenched fist. I even see a clenched fist in the realm of the Spirit. Those that, those that their hands are not open to give and to receive. Their hands are clenched. Their hands are, 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 are folded. They don't want to open their hands to the poor. I just pray, God, the Lord, you will give them a new revelation, a new insight into what giving is. And so, Father, I thank you for this word, and I pray that, Lord, let it fall in good soil. Let it keep being a, a, a word that will be planted in their hearts and in their minds so that it will bear good fruit and that it could flourish and have a fruit that can even minister to others as well, that people will see their fruit, God. And I pray the Lord you will send the ministering angels, God, that will minister to their heart and to them and to even their circumstances, those that need patience, God. I pray that, Lord, you will increase their, their fruit of patience, that, Lord, you will even give them things that could help them build patience, Father. Help them lead them to the right Bible verses, God, and even the circumstances in their past that they indeed had to go through, that they needed, they needed patience to be able to endure. So I pray that, Lord, let your, 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 your word pierce through any place that needs to be pierced. And I pray for wisdom. I plead, uh, I, I decree and declare James 1.5 over everybody that's listening, that they will gain wisdom from you, God, because you are the one that gives wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So help us to fear you so that we can start to gain wisdom. So I thank you, God, and I bless your holy name. And it's in the name of Jesus, God, I do pray. Amen. Amen.